Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Have you found the third epistle of John? In verse number one, he said, the elder... That's referring to himself, the, the old apostle John. He said, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So he's saying, I'm praying. And if he was praying this inspired by the Holy Spirit to pray it for Gaius, then it's God's will for us as well. Isn't that right? Because these, these are not just the words of a, of, of someone speaking on his own initiative. These are the very words that are inspired of the Holy Spirit and they apply to us. So when he said, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, he's talking to us, amen. So it's the will of God that we prosper in all things and be in health even as our soul prospers. In other words, just as much as God wants you to, to prosper in your soul, he wants you to prosper in your finances and in your body in health as well. Amen. Glory to God. So we've been looking, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started a new series uh, on divine healing. And we made the point that uh, God wants you well. God wants his children well. It is not the will of God for any believer to be sick. Now, that doesn't mean if you're sick or you have some type of infirmity or some kind of a, a medical condition, doesn't mean that God's not happy with you or he's not pleased with you or he's angry with you. That's not the point. The point is God is a merciful God and he wants to bless you and he wants you well. Amen. So uh, we're interested in healing not just because of our sufferings. Now, you know, uh, I, I suppose physical health is one of the greatest needs of humanity. Uh, obviously, spiritual things are first, but, but uh, uh, when someone is born again, then that, that part of his life is largely settled. Now, there's growth spiritually, of course, but, but uh, the, the, the basic fundamental reality is when a person is born again, then they're in right relationship with God. And, and that's huge, that's monumental, that's the most important thing. But then uh, beyond that, we still live in this, in this life and in this physical body and physical health and healing is a great challenge to many people. And so of course we're interested in it because of that, but we're, but we're not just interested in it because of our suffering and the things we go through, we're interested in healing because it's God's provision for his children. Now we looked at this scripture and we'll look at it real quickly again today. Turn with you, with me, excuse me, to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15. Amen. Matthew 15. Says, then Jesus went out from there and departed into the region of Tyre and Sidon. Here, page is turning. I'm sorry, verse 21. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, that would be a Gentile, came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. 
But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now that was a very peculiar thing to say. Notice this Gentile woman, the other version over in Mark's account of this said that she was a Syrophoenician woman. And the people from Syrophoenicia were renowned for their ungodliness. It was a very paganistic, a very morally filthy culture. And uh, that's where this woman was from. So it's not surprising that her daughter would be demon-possessed. You don't get demon-possessed by going to Sunday school, okay? Are you listening to me? You get demon-possessed by living an unclean life. And evidently, what her parents were involved in had, had influenced her. And uh, so she came to Jesus and she cried out and said, have mercy on my, my daughter. And Jesus ignored her. He just, he didn't answer her a word, just ignored her. So the disciples took that as a clue, you know, and they said, Lord, send her away. She's bothering us. She cries out after us. Notice Jesus did not do what they wanted. They wanted him to shoo her off, to, to run her away. He didn't. But instead, he said something very peculiar. He said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then uh, the, the other versions tell us he went inside and she came in where he was. And she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, a lot of people would have just gotten mad right then and left. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, notice he didn't call her a dog. He said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Notice that deliverance and healing Jesus called deliverance and healing the children's bread. What in the world does that mean, the children's bread? What, what kind of expression is that? Well, you go back to what he said before that. He said, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The children then are the Israelites. Is that what he was saying? The, 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 the nation of Israel, the people of Israel were the ones that he referred to as the children and he said, that's whom, that's whom I'm sent to. I'm sent to the, to the children of Israel. So he ignored her, but he knew exactly. Listen, don't judge what somebody does and says on first blush. Take, step back a little bit and just hold your tongue because a lot of times there's a plan. Jesus had a plan and he seemed to ignore her, but he did not run her away. He said, well, I'm not sent to her, but he didn't close the door either. So she came and he said, well, it's not right to take what belongs to the children of Israel, to the people of God, and give it to the unsaved or to the uh, filthy Canaanites from, the, from where you came from. The people where this woman came from lived like dogs. I mean, they were filthy people. They were scorned. They were renowned for their filthy, ungodly living. That's what he was referring to. But you know, she said, okay. She might have swallowed hard, <laughs> swallowed her pride. and said, well, okay, but even the dogs. Yeah. 
eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. He said, that's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for some faith from this dog, from this Canaanite, from this undeserving woman who doesn't have a covenant with God. I'm looking for faith. He said, oh woman, great is your faith. Now you can have whatever you desire. And she went home and her daughter was delivered. So the point is that healing and deliverance, Jesus referred to as the children's bread. It belongs to the people of God. Now, he was referring to the Israelites. Go with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke 13. Now, Jesus is in the synagogue preaching to the children of Israel, the, the people of Israel. Verse 10, Luke 13, 10, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Oh my Lord, what a pitiful thing. Can you imagine healing on the Sabbath? And he said to the crowd, evidently there was a crowd of people watching this. He said, there are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered and said, hypocrite. Well, Jesus wouldn't, he wouldn't go over very well in a lot of churches, would he? You think I'm straight with people sometimes. He just said, hypocrite. Does not, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So Now notice verse 16. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath, and when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Notice he said this woman ought to be delivered. This woman ought to be healed. And, and he said she ought to be healed for two reasons. Number one, she had been bound by Satan for 18 years. Now you wanna know where sickness comes from? That's where it comes from. Sickness is of the devil. Remember Acts uh, 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That means everybody Jesus healed, their, their sickness was an oppression from the devil. Here he said this woman had been bound by Satan for 18 years. So number one, the number one thing, and I'm not saying this is first, but one of the two, one of the reasons why she ought to be healed is on the basis of mercy. She had been bound, he said, think of it, for 18 years. How would you like to be bent over like this for 18 years? 18 years. So first, the one thing I want to point out, first of all, is he, wanted, he said she ought to be healed on the basis of, of it's right to do it. 
because of mercy, because she's been so afflicted for so long. But notice the second reason, the other reason. He said, being a daughter of Abraham. He said, because she is an Israelite. What does a daughter of Abraham mean? What does it mean to be an Israelite in that day? It means to be a descendant of Abraham. The Israelites were descended from Abraham. They were the seed of Abraham. He said, because she is a descendant of Abraham, she ought to be delivered. Praise God. Well, now go with me over to Galatians chapter three. How, is this, how does this apply to us, to the Christian, to the believer today? Galatians three, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now notice verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ, that is in union with Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Notice he said that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. There are always people in the church who point to the blessings and the uh, uh promises and the provision or the benefits that the children of Israel had and they say, well, that was under the Old Testament, that belonged to Israel. He said here that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. Everything the Israel, every blessing they ever had or ever knew were, were directly the effect of them being Abraham's seed. All of the blessing came because God blessed Abraham. He said, I'll bless you and I'll bless those who come from you, a multitude so great no man could number him. All of the blessings of the Old Testament are the blessings of Abraham because God, God promised Abraham to bless him. He raised up the nation of Israel and when they walked in his statutes and, 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 and obeyed his word, then the blessing of Abraham came upon them. When they disobeyed the word and didn't walk according to the precepts that he gave them, then the curse would come upon them. Well, this scripture says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Praise God. Go on down to verse, let's skip down to verse number 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. See, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile. For there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in union with Christ. And if you are Christ, are you ready? Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you could go down through this crowd today and you could point out each person and Jesus would say the same thing, ought not this man to be healed? Ought not this woman to be healed? Ought not this man to be healed? Ought not this woman to be healed? Being a son of, uh, of God, being the seed of Abraham. 
Healing is the covenant right. It's the children's bread. That's why we focus on healing. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Healing is the will of God for every human being. It is the will of God, not only for the saved, but for the unsaved. This Canaanite woman is evidence of that. God, you say, well, unsaved people, they, they suffer because of their sin. That's true. And sometimes that's a big problem and that's a, a big reason for their, for their suffering. And sometimes they're not gonna get out of their suffering if they're aware of their sin and they choose uh, uh, intentionally to, to stay in their sin. That can be a big impediment to healing. But it's still the will of God for every person to be healed. Every human being, it is the will of God. Amen. So if there is still a breath left in your body, then God can and will heal you. Hallelujah. There's no such, excuse me, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. No such thing as a hopeless case. Remember what Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Amen. So get this settled once and for all in your heart. You can be healed. You can. I don't care how many times you have been prayed for and didn't receive your healing. I don't care how many times you have uh, be believed you were healed and, and uh, uh, sought your healing by faith and it didn't seem to work. I don't care if there are certain things you've been healed of by faith in God and other things haven't yielded. You can be healed of every thing, every chronic, long-standing, long-enduring illness, infirmity, physical condition, anything that is not synonymous with perfect health, you can be healed. It is the will of God for you and, it, and you're able to lay hold of it. Amen. You might have to do something different than you've done in the past, but you can be healed. Well, praise God, that's good news. There are many different methods. We talked about this briefly. There are many different methods whereby divine healing can be obtained. People like to focus on the, the ones that require the least effort. People like it when healing evangelists come to town and have big healing crusades. Thousands of people who won't go to church regularly will go to a healing meeting because they want somebody to pray the prayer of faith for them. They want somebody to lay hands. Laying on of hands is one way God heals. These signs, Jesus said, shall follow those who believe. In my name, one of the things he said is they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God heals through the laying on of hands. He heals through the anointing with oil, calling the elders of the church. He heals through people with special anointings. God sometimes especially endows people with healing anointings, gives them a, a, a particular healing ministry. And, and I tell you what, when the news gets out about somebody like that, everybody flocks to that person because they, that, and, and God does. I, but I've noticed this. In those meetings where, where someone is especially anointed, usually a small percentage of the sick people get healed in those meetings. 
God, there, there are usually some dramatic cases, some outstanding cases and examples, but most people do not get healed that way. God does a lot of that as a sign of his goodness and his mercy. He's encouraging people to believe God and to believe that he's a healer. Gifts of healings, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Thank God for gifts of healings. God anoints people with special gifts of healings uh, and, and, and that's wonderful. God moves that way. But the most fundamental way God heals is through your own faith. Even people in the, in the New Testament that Jesus healed, more times than not, when someone received a very dramatic healing, more times than not, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, be it unto you. Or like this woman, as you have believed, you receive what you desire. Over and over and over again, that's not recorded every time, but the majority of individual healings that are recorded in Jesus' ministry, as miraculous and spectacular as they were, the majority of those, Jesus identified that person's faith. The woman who came with the issue of blood, he said, woman, your faith has made you well. Now, of course, it was his power because she touched him and and, and power fl flowed out of his body and he perceived that, that power, divine healing power had, had left his body and entered into her. He, he perceived it. So yes, it was God's power that healed her and the Bible says she felt in her body that she was healed. Divine power went into her but the thing that controlled that, the, the transmission of that power wasn't the touch so much as it was her faith. She touched him with her faith more importantly than touching her with, his, with her hands. And he turned to her and he said, woman, not my touch, but your faith made you whole. Amen. So there are a number of ways of receiving healing and we thank God for all of them. And we want the spirit of God to work and we're open to all of those things. Amen. But you need to realize that you have a critical part to play in your healing. That's something else that people don't like. People want to put all the responsibility on God. They really don't want to do anything except, you know, make the great sacrifice of showing up. Well, God, I did get myself dressed and come to church. So, ooh, look at me. God will heal anyone. But that person will have, to, will have to cooperate with God and approach his healing according to the word of God. Like I said, it's God's will for everyone to be healed. And he will heal anyone and he will heal you. But you're gonna to have to approach your healing according to his word. See, God is not obligated nor will he do anything our way. Amen. Go with me over to Luke chapter 10. The 10th chapter of Luke. Verse 25 says, Behold, a, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. Not a good idea. Saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> Jesus, I love it. 
He said, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? In other words, son, what does the Bible say? See, this man was testing him. He wasn't sincere. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Trying to trick Jesus up. And Jesus said, Buster, what does the Bible say? Big boy, what is, what is, how do you read the scripture? See, it all comes down to what the Bible says. If you want to prosper in life and prosper in the things of God, you're going to have to come according to the word. What does the word say, sonny boy? <laughs> and he answered, uh, 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 you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you got that right. He said, you read that rightly. Do it and you will live. That's what Jesus is saying today. What does the Bible say? Do it and you will live. If you're gonna, be, if you're gonna receive your healing, do it the Bible way and you will live. Do it the, just come according to the Bible and you will be healed. You get that? Do it, do what? Do the word and you will be healed. Do the word and you will prosper. Do it the, the God way, the word way, and you'll be blessed. Try some other way if you want to, but you won't be healed. Well, that died. Nobody got excited about that. That's the truth. Just come some other way. Well, I've got it figured out, pastor, and this is what I believe. Well, believe what you want to. But if you'll come according to the word of God, you'll have the fruit of God. You'll have the blessing of God. You'll get the results of God. Amen. You need to understand that God will heal anybody, but he's not obligated to do anything our way. He only works according to his word. And then next, you must realize that the next step in your healing is up to you. You're not waiting on God to do anything. You're not waiting for God. A lot of people won't say it even in word of faith churches because they know it, 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 as soon as they say it, it doesn't sound right. People won't say, well, I'm just waiting on God for my healing. Well, no, you're not waiting on God. But people don't always say it that way. They say it like this. Well, pastor, I'm just trusting God. I'm just trusting God. What they mean is I've done my part. Now I'm waiting on God to do his part. No, you aren't. You're not waiting on God. God's not on vacation. It's summertime, but he's not on vacation. He's not hard of hearing. He's not too busy. He, not, he doesn't have too much on his plate to get to you. You're not, listen, get it, get it established. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Well, I'm just believing God. Next month, well, I'm just believing God. Next month, well, I'm just believing God. Next month, well, I'm just believing God. Praise the Lord. AKA, I'm just waiting on God. I've done my part. Well, keep waiting. Amen. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you to do something. Amen. Go with me to uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Is everybody good today? Yes. Do y'all like it when I tell it straight? Yes. 
I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get people out of their ruts. In Word of Faith churches, there are ruts people get into just as much as any other church. And you stay in that rut month after month and year after year. And that's not the way faith and prayer was designed to work. When Jesus said, whatever things you desire, believe you receive it and you will have it, he's not talking about nine years from now. Amen. In uh, Mark chapter nine, you know the story of uh, uh, after, the, after the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus came down from the, from the mountain. And uh, in verse 14 it says, when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. And, and the scribes were disputing with the disciples. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, Why, what, what are you discussing with my disciples? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Notice who he addressed when he said that. He did not address his disciples. He answered him, the father of this child. The problem wasn't with the disciples. It was with that man. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought to him, brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from a child. And he's, he's still speaking. He said, from a child. And often he has thrown him into the, both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, Greek authorities, I'm not a Greek authority by any measure, but I can read. And Greek uh, authorities say that there's a play on words here. When the man said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, you could read it this way. If you can believe, exclamation point. But other Greek authorities say it like this. They say there's a play on words. And if I can read my small, small writing here. One, one uh, Greek uh, commentator says, he translated it this way. As to the if you can, if you can believe. As to the if you can, if you can Jesus put, right, put it right back on him. This old, this old guy, you know, he said, Lord, if you can do anything, he said, forget if I can do anything, it's what can you do? If you can believe, all things are possible 
to him who believes. Amen. See, it's up to us. What do you believe? And secondly, what are you willing to do? See, faith has two parts. There's two parts to faith. Just like a coin, if you have a quarter, it has a heads and a tails. And if you take a file and file off one side of that and take it to the bank, they won't take it. Because that quarter won't work unless you have both sides intact. It's no good. It won't buy anything. Faith has two sides. It has a believing side, but it has an acting side. See, not only what you believe, but what do you do in response to that believing? It requires us to not only believe, but act. People who say, well, I'm just believing God. Month after 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 month. It's, it's obvious that something's not working. But I've found that word of faith people will, it will, instead of finding out what's not working, they'll just double down on that. Yeah, you're believing God, but what are you doing? What actions are you taking that demonstrate your faith? See, when, when, when the man in the, in the uh, synagogue that had the withered hand, his, his hand, the Greek says that his hand had withered, not that it was withered, but that it had withered. That indicates that it was not a congenital defect, but that it was the result of an accident or disease or something that happened and his hand had withered. And Jesus saw him, and of course everybody was looking. Is he gonna heal him on the Sabbath? He really had this issue with the Sabbath. And we'll, get, and we'll cover this eventually. Why were they so upset about healing on the Sabbath? But, but anyway, Jesus saw this man and he said, stretch out your hand. He could have said, well, heal my hand and I'll stretch. I can't stretch it out. Can't you see it's withered? If you'll heal it, then I'll be able to stretch it out. Jesus said, stretch out that withered hand. See, believing that your hand is healed is one thing. Stretching it out is something else. In other words, he had to act on the word of God. He could have easily said, Lord, I get what you're saying. I believe you're healing my hand. Jesus said, no, stretch it out. There's an act of faith that has to go with the believing. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, let's, let's cover a couple other points before we close. Stay with God and his word until you receive your healing. Stay with it. Give God and his word as much opportunity to treat you as you do your doctrine, your doctor, and your medicine. You, tell, you go to the doctor and he treats you and many times that treatment doesn't cure you. But you keep going to him and you keep refilling the, refilling the medication and it helps and many times it's a process isn't that right? Well, some people come to God and 
they want an instant fix. And we're talking about how faith works. Faith is not designed to be prolonged, a protracted thing. But at the same time, there is a, 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 a point in which you believe God and you act on your faith. And there are, there are a, 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 sometimes a, 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 an interval there where the enemy will test you to see what you really believe. Stay with the word and let the word continue to work in you. Over in Proverbs, it's, God said, my word is life to those who find it and medicine, it says health in the King James, but the margin says medicine to all their flesh. God's word is medicine. Take your meds. Take your meds every day, your word meds. Feed, feed on it. Act on it. Know what you, do what you know to do and, and ask God what else you can do. But stay with it until you receive your complete healing. Don't abandon your healing because it didn't happen. <clears throat> People get tired over time, usually because they, they take much too long. They weren't really believing God as, as they should and so it just went on and on and on and on. That's not the will of God. So that's not the will of God. Believe God, act on your faith, it will come to pass. But you have to stay with it. Amen, stay with it. And number seven, you didn't know there were seven points, but I made them all. <laughs> Healing does not require a lot of faith. A lot of people think, well, if I just had enough faith. Healing does not require a lot of faith. Healing requires simple faith. And the simplicity of faith is what trips people up. It is extremely simple. So simple that the natural mind stumbles over it. So, so get it out of your mind. Remove your, it from your thinking that if you just had enough faith, it's not a matter of great faith. It's a matter of simple faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith. However, Healing does require diligence. Healing does require diligence. You will have to be diligent in the word of God, keeping the word of God in you, doing what the word of God says, acting on the word. You'll have to be diligent. If you're not willing to be diligent in your uh, seeking healing from God, if you're not gonna be diligent Healing will always be elusive. It'll always be something that will just be something you believe in and just keep praying about and every few months you kind of uh, stir yourself up again and go back to the basics and start all over again and that just repeats itself over time because you're not being diligent. If, you, if you're gonna be healed and stay healed, you're gonna have to be diligent. You have to be diligent in the word. Amen. But you see, anybody can be. You can be diligent. You can do it. Amen. If I can do it, you can do it. If anybody else can do it, you can do it. Well, praise the Lord. It's good news. You can be healed. But see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not preaching a message today to get everybody all worked up in faith. You know, I, I'm, I'm laying a foundation here. Stay with me. Stay with the word. Let the word of God change your thinking. Amen. Come to these services. Every Sunday, I'm, I'm gonna be preaching on healing for a while. Come, get your mind renewed. 
Things you've already heard, get it renewed again. You'll you'll detect as you go along areas where I slipped in that area. I'm not really really acting on like that, that like I used to or like I did in the past. I remember when I got healed before what I was doing, I let that slip. Amen. Stay with it. Praise the Lord. You can, you can stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God wants you well. He has provided means by, whereby you can be healed of anything. If it's just common, ordinary ailments, Little things that aren't life-threatening, but they're just they're, they're they're bothersome, and they're not they're not it's not health it's sickness, it, but but we have a tendency to just say well I you know I just deal with this with meds, you know just take something, well you can but God wants to heal you, or you can have AIDS, God can heal you. Could have cancer. God can. So it, the, the whole the whole gamut from what we would consider not important to very important. God can, will heal you. You can be healed. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.